0: Welcome to Kenobi, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim. My name is Matt, and joining me is Pete. Hello there, Pete.
1: Hello there, Matt. Hello there, everybody. Kenobi, a Star Wars podcast by Fantastic Geek for Obi-Wan Kenobi, part four comes to you now.
0: Around these podcast parts, yesterday we podcasted Ms. Marvel episode one, uh, a cosmic episode uh, that it was, uh, and we also have a, a brief opportunity to discuss our attendance of the uh, at rather the Paley Center, uh, which had a panel for Ms. Marvel, uh, and that was in and of itself a wonderful experience. So fortunate
1: to be able to witness that, and our podcast of that is exclusive to patreon.com slash fantastic geek
0: yeah really glad to glad to have that extended uh conversation there uh one that we did while driving home so not not the best audio ever but the audio to be had as we uh as we re-entered new jersey drove past the ms marvel uh uh (laughs) billboards drove past jersey city and all of that so very happy to have offered that there on patreon.com slash fantastic geek
1: Takes just a dollar a month if you're interested in checking that out. All sorts of levels to contribute at.
0: Tomorrow we'll be podcasting Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode 106. As we continue uh, our, our super focused couple of weeks here. Uh, in which we have Ms. Marvel, Kenobi and the Star Trek Strange New Worlds all happening. Uh, each weekend for three successive weekends. But Pete, living, living the dream here. This
1: June boon again, so helpful that the people of patreon.com uh, getting us through with the amount of bandwidth that we're using up. But to bring it back to a galaxy far, far away, Matt, an interview in Entertainment Weekly with Obi-Wan Kenobi, writer and executive producer, Joby Harold, because all they've done is break my cannons, right?
0: Yeah, it was a weird interview to read. First of all, the interviewer didn't know enough about Star Wars to know that, you know, kind of uh, timeline faux ignorance aside, the Grand Inquisitor will live because Star Wars Rebels is canon and he appears later. So like, you know, it's a fun little game to play now. And it's certainly, if nothing else, it opens up Room for Reva and all these great dramatic things. But. Like many a Star Wars character, he'll be back, but the writer didn't know that. Um, and apparently the the main discourse of the interview was to make people feel okay about the General Kenobi. Years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. Like to make people feel okay about that speech, which some people think is in stark contrast to this show versus like it's solved with she knew him as Ben and other people call him Obi-Wan. And if we just add one more line as I am predicting between now and the end of the season where somebody goes, Kenobi, what a common name. Everybody's a Kenobi, that kind of thing. You go, okay, it, it's, it's just fine for our pretend laser sword show. It really is just fine. Or
1: a quick little force wipe or a number of different ways that that can be made okay and the original Star Wars adventure can still take place and this one... Ken as well. We've been Obi-Wandering through these Star Wars. Here's what we saw. New faces, Matt, with the Star Wars card there. Ned B and Lola 5-9 visible
0: this time. I'm glad to know that since I skipped the. I I, I clicked on the skip ahead thing, so I actually didn't know that. So good catch. But please continue, Pete.
1: The title card Obi-Wan Kenobi drifts in and out of consciousness as he's moved by Tala and Ned B from a ship to a back to tank. Once inside, his wounds and those of Anakin Skywalker overlap as he replays their latest meeting and then climbs out of the tank, though Tala tells him his burns need more time in the safety of a cavern on Jabim. But he wants to know where Leia is.
0: Yeah, just a really inspired opening here, particularly the transition, as you recounted, from the somewhat burned Kenobi to the very modeled body of Anakin Skywalker in his own tank there. Pete... I just somehow call him Anakin when he's out of the suit. I don't know. Maybe that's not the way it should be, but it is how it is. Are Uh, you aware of the
1: mannequin Skywalker moniker?
0: I'm not. And if this is something that, uh, that the real hardcore fans uh, do, uh, I I don't want to know about it, but but (laughs) tell me more, I guess. His, his acting in episode two uh, earned
1: that, uh, divisive
0: nickname you know who else wasn't good was future oscar winner natalie portman okay sometimes we need to just go back to the source and say as you mentioned in the prior podcast pete uh paraphrasing harrison ford george you can write this (laughs) but not all of us can say this (laughs) and i would add to it sometimes when you can't say it you also can't quite act it and this is this is a george thing i suspect She Um, did all right
1: as an astrophysicist uh, sometime later.
0: But Pete, you had asked, where is Leia? We cut to Leia. She's barking at the stormtroopers for keeping her in captivity. She's a princess of Alderaan, for goodness sake. Uh, Reva enters almost on cue. I mean, it probably was a scripted cue. She (laughs) says that Leia has no rights here. The Empire doesn't take uh, lightly to Jedi sympathizers. Reva adds that Obi-Wan is dead. Uh, And Leia takes a moment of grief, uh, at least, well, I'm sure it's genuine grief, but I do love how, as the episode unfolds, uh, constantly Leia's like, oh, Leia has given up. Nope, she's just doubling her resolve as she takes a moment.
1: Tala takes Obi-Wan to Roken, who says uh, he shouldn't be there and wants Obi-Wan on the first transport out because too many people are looking for him. Obi-Wan needs their help, but Roken reminds him so does every kid making a rock float from there to Coruscant. Obi-Wan needs to get Leia back, but Roken tells General Kenobi it's not his problem. Talis says Leia knows everything, including where they are, what they're doing, and they'll need to prepare to evacuate. But Roken says he can't shut the operation down because everything runs from there. Obi-Wan says he has no idea, Roken does, what the Empire is capable of, but Roken had a wife once and knew she was Force-sensitive before they married. They tried to hide her, and the Inquisitors found her anyway, so he reluctantly agrees to help as they pull up a hologram of the water moon Nur in the Musafar system. They don't think Vader is there, but he's close. Wade, ID's Fortress Inquisitoris, uh, which they have no idea how far this base of operations goes, but probably has a command center, training facility, etc. Nobody really knows, but there's no shields because no one would be stupid enough to attack it. And Obi-Wan saw some T-47 airspeeders in the hangar they could take in at night suicide says Roken. those speeders are for hauling sewage uh, a woman identified in a moment as sully says if they won't help obi-wan will go on his own but sully notes he can barely stand tala will take him with her officer clearance if her cover is still intact
0: so, Pete, I knows me the stars were pretty darn good. I have to admit, um, on the one hand, when the show says T-47, I did not automatically know that that was a snow speeder. It's uh, um, a sewage speeder now, baby. <laughs> well, t- true. But I guess my point being, the T-47s come to save the day later. And initially, I was like, come on, you reference a thing, show the thing i do think on the let me this way there's obviously greater star wars fans than me who doubtless were like t-47s those are the snow speeders and da 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 um so I, i guess my point being on the one hand i wish they would have showed the t-47s here just since they're like look it's over there behind that camera that's recording us uh the flip side is i think for the uber fan you can tell like you knew what that was, so when they show up later, it's not as big of a surprise. Uh, even though the save later is not Deus Ex Machina kind of level surprise. Um, with that, Pete, we cut to Talo's ship, which has a design that's that's kind of imperial shuttle esque in its uh, in its design. There, uh, inside it, we see that Kenobi is having trouble force pulling a small box. Uh, Tala, now in full uh, uniform again, Empire uniform, says that uh, Kenobi needs time for his mind and body to heal, to move on. He replies that some things cannot be forgotten. Uh, However, she reminds him that he nonetheless can't be pulled in the past, uh, can't be mired in the, the failure of the past, needs to keep going in order to save Leia. And Pete, that's when they transition back to Leia, Do you see what the script did there? Reva tells
1: Leia they intercepted a transmission on a ball knob last year about a secret network, a path, and they thought it was a lie. But safe houses like the one she was found in have now been found in two systems. She slams the wood panel with the Jedi logo carved into it on the interrogation table. Leia asks how Obi-Wan died, and Reva reveals he burned to death on Mapuzo, left there by the people she's hunting. If she tells her where the path is, she can go home to her family. Leia says she doesn't know anything, but Reva says they need to think a little bit harder
0: I love that Moses Ingram's presentation here, performance here goes back and forth from yelling and angry to whispering and subtle. Uh, It's, it's if nothing else, it's a way to achieve this scene with a child actor. I have no doubt that, that uh, the young actress is completely professional and knows that when people yell at her after the director says action, that it's not actual yelling and things of that sort. But I don't think it would have played great for it just to be constant yelling, constant yelling. Um, and to just add that subtlety uh, is why I think Pete in this scene, we're looking at at least one Emmy nominee. Time will tell there. We go to the exterior of the waters before the fortress as Tala's ship flies in. I did note Pete as it is landing. It felt like a very new old star Wars kind of shot. If you will, the ship kind of heading straight to camera, mimicking what would have been achievable, was achievable with a model in the 1970s, 1980s. It's a reminder that in the John Favreau era, albeit this is not a John Favreau show, but in the John Favreau era, there's been this exploration of the Star Wars visual language that, among other things, does not need every VFX shot to be a spinning bullet time type moment. That's fine for some things. It's just not how Star Wars looks.
1: Indeed, as Tala reaches the red security checkpoint, she's asked for ID. She has Officer Class C clearance, but it's not her sector, and the guard can't let her through. She presses this lead security guard as his commanding officer to address her as sir and threatens to inform the Grand Inquisitor of his insolence. She has classified intel. She passes through and sighs in relief, getting to a terminal to contact Obi Wan on a comm link not far away from another completely oblivious officer.
0: Pete, listeners to our Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast will know uh, a couple weeks ago I was talking about the military idea of operational authority that just because somebody outranks you, you don't follow everything for example uh this is a good uh a good lesson here that head of security on this level guy um he had the operational authority to not allow her in uh and he did so i'm not saying it's a story faux pas if anything pete it's a reminder that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link
1: obi-wan swims past a space narwhal as tala informs him she's overriding the entry port That opens ahead of him with a super scary space barnacle growing from it. The stormtrooper guarding the access opens the door and Obi-Wan subdues him and throws him in the pool before informing Tala he's inside
0: to think Pete there was there was just some person who was like hey I'm not too smart but I could be a stormtrooper running security at the lowest levels and earn a pension and one day he's like wait I heard something over there and then he got his neck broken and his body thrown into a pool where it probably then sunk down got eaten by the giant shark thing you know but but Pete those are the people we don't talk about okay I know that Obi-Wan Kenobi our hero is in the building we go back to Reva who is force searching Leia's mind uh, there's a, a disconcerting look on leia's face uh then leia asks if this is a staring contest i love that we are we are we are on the edge here of we know that leia has force powers we know that the story the, the the general star wars story has underserved that um but we can also say that for Riva's sake is Leia, is Leia using force powers back? Well, maybe Riva doesn't know. Maybe is coming across merely a strong mind. Uh, so it, it's operating in all of those, shall we say, those multiple uh, layers in which we have understood Leia, i.e. the princess who's tough. Then later, the princess who's a twin. Surprise, later. The princess who's a twin who also has force powers. They're all represented here.
1: Lola sneaks away briefly and Reva says that the braver Leia seems the more afraid she is because she herself learned that at a young age, as she force pulls Lola back. She had a droid too when she was younger, but that was taken from her like everything else.
0: Pete, I don't know whether I want her droid to have been, it, it's gotta be one of three options. Number one, Her droid was R2-D2. Number two, it was an R2 uh, unit with different colors. So you just change the colors around in the plastic injection molding. Boom, bang out some new toys. Or or, new droid design, second half of the show, flashback episode, get that merch going out the door. Uh, Another example where all things could be. Uh, We go back to Tala, who is looking at the plans of the fortress. What is this place? Uh, her calm chatter is slowly being noticed. Uh, she's, of course, chatting with Kenobi, who on his level spots a a, a seeker droid. Um, and Tala on the security feed sees that there are seekers everywhere. She also gets flagged by an officer who's on this, uh, this deck, this section. He pulls her aside. We see that the calm is left behind. Uh, And Kenobi hides from the droid, which really, really is excellently rendered. It is the focus of some of these shots. It is closest to the camera, and it looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, that kind of silver reflective surface there uh, as he gets behind a door to get away from it. Then there's a pair of stormtroopers as Tala returns, having taken care of the terminal officer who's body we see lying obscured a moment or two later back to riva where she tells leia she knows what it's like to be alone gee mad all these hints at a secret backstory i wonder where they could be going and like she did only leia can save herself leia says she'll tell her where they are she does doesn't want anyone to get hurt. And Reva gives her her word. Leia will have to tell her father first, but that's okay, right? Because we're all on the same side. Nice try, princess. Hope you like pain, because it's time to make those tears real.
0: And I love in the moment where it's like, okay, uh, we're on the same side. Okay, we'll talk. Okay, I'll only tell my father. There's just this moment that Moses Ingram gives where it's like, where Riva realizes, "Oh my goodness, I have been lapped by a ten-year-old here." I almost not like not that Riva was going to fall for it, but like in the whole path, Riva was, you know, taking it hook, line, and sinker, and almost got outsmarted here. Uh, Pete, we cut back to Kenobi, who has found the secure sector and and taps on into it. He wonders what this place is. We start a bunch of intercutting here. We're going to go back to riva's troopers bringing leia to uh, a torture room let's go back and stick with obi-wan kenobi for a moment here there's two layers uh two two story uh kind of space here amber colored chambers what are they hiding down here he wonders this is not a fortress it's a tomb we see bodies lined up uh the presentation half for present uh for pr- preservation half for presentation uh which is to say display kind of natural history museum style uh, body after body is shown. uh, And uh, we end on seeing the, the recognizable form of a Jedi youngling presumably struck down on that fateful day of order 66.
1: That they're in Amber and not in carbonite increases the ability to identify them. It can be so difficult with the the monochrome. You kind of need to know who's going into the carbonite to understand who it is. I mean, if you had seen Han Solo and carbonite prior to seeing him go in, you'd be like, who's that man in the, you know, metal popsicle. Uh, but you know, here, this first, uh, figure, Matt, an alien looks a lot like the Jedi Tara Sanubi who was in the clone wars. Uh, may very well be him. It's not definitively known at this point. There are, uh, all sorts of force sensitive young, old male and female. And then that youngling with the helmet terrified expression, uh, though an alien face, uh, immediately recognizable. Um Obi-Wan, in the horror here, tells Tala he needs a distraction. Uh, Reva, meanwhile, slowly powering up this torture device. Just hang on, Leia. The torture will start in a minute. Don't go anywhere. Um, tells her that she did this to herself. But then an officer enters, because it can't wait power the slow powering torture device down
0: kenobi hears leia's voice uh perhaps a bit ambiguous as to whether it's through the force or through standard sound waves um and that is of course what uh what uh powers him asking tala for this uh, the distraction um we get tala and Riva sharing uh the same space it's the inquisitor meeting room uh tala speaks uh through the voice of uh, of an officer, uh, she has information on the path. Um, there there seem to be, or it seems to us that perhaps she is selling out some friends. I think that as the story unfolds uh, completely, it's not that she's made a calculated risk here. Pete, if anything, it's probably like that old, you know, Dantuen, They're on Dantooine, you know, send them to a base that used to be a base, but it's not a base anymore. Um but indeed, Tawa says that uh, they're on Florum. The The root of this entire path is on Florum. Reva seems to be accepting it and says, yes, unless you are lying. Um, but Pete, take us back to uh, a fantastic scene here in the torture room.
1: The power
0: drops and
1: the red emergency lights come on as Obi-Wan's blue blade contrasts those lights takes out the one trooper on the one side, the other telling him he can't escape before his blade flashes on the other. Then he frees Leia, who tells him that she didn't break during interrogation there. Riva tells Tala that it would make sense that the path would have people among them but an old man and a little girl escaped an Imperial checkpoint on her planet. And that does not happen without help. Tala admits she is a spy after two years undercover.
0: Um, yeah. Which is a, an interesting twist here, you know, admit that you're a spy. I admit that I'm a spy working for the empire. That is. And of course she couldn't tell anybody about it because she was so deep undercover. Uh, and then adds, you know, Kenobi is on Florum. Honest, honest. Uh, we cut to Kenobi a few levels down. Uh, the secret droid now finds him. It starts to uh, send out an alarm. We go back to Riva. Maybe about to believe Tala, You know, Kenobi is on Florum. Honest. But, Awooga, Wuga, alert, alert. And we have the other officer saying, it's him. So it very clear here that Tala is uh, not on the side of the baddies and Reva knows it. Reva
1: leaves quickly and Obi-Wan contacts Tala, who uses the opportunity to take out the two troopers there by turning a blaster on the other. The Seeker then uh, closes in with a uh, kind of a taser device going on. Pretty cool and two more troopers on obi-wan and uh princess leia before he defends her and takes them out
0: uh we have a quick shot of riva in pursuit then kenobi is now in what i'd like to call the aquarium hallway which just want to point out it's probably the same hallway as the prior one just different windows whether it's led whether it's green screen whatever it is um there are there are blaster fire uh bolts being sent this way and that one deflected blast hits the glass and it cracks uh kenobi baseball bats a blast to a a wall controller that of course as as all star wars wall controllers do if you shoot it it does what you need it to do which in this case closes the door on the baddies Uh, unlike for example the one on the death star that luke skywalker shoots that prevents the door from being opened um Kenobi uses the force to hold the window as it cracks, even as the troopers are moving to open the door, fiddling this way and that. Tala takes Leia aside uh, to the next T-junction. The troopers fire, the door opening more and more, glass cracking more and more, and just as the door is properly opened, Kenobi breaks all of the windows and runs. Uh, I would say, Pete, kudos to Deborah Chow and the camera angle choice here. Mm -hmm. because like the fact that he isn't that the water doesn't catch him and the fact that there's not a whole bunch of water in the t-junction it's not really logical but the camera shows it making sense it's like the camera hides the lie that there's some you know vfx magic going on here uh and then this and there'll be another example in a little bit where the camera shows it making sense, so it works, even though, like, kind of logically, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't quite. Uh, and the scene ends with them at the T junction. and Through the window, we see dead stormtroopers sleeping with the fishes, and water starting to
1: spill through to the next uh, door there. So need to move on. Those bobbing stormtroopers there, and at least one uh, darker stormtrooper outfitted differently clearly some kind of special ops um but the way they sell uh Obi-Wan's force ability in this episode okay he'd gone through the physical and emotional trauma of the previous episode clearly not up to the direct challenge of Darth Vader uh now injured having a hard time using the force. I mean, Ewan McGregor really sells in a labored way what an effort it is to deflect and to use the lightsaber. And then the force here gets better as the episode goes on. He's not on top of his game, Obi-Wan, but he's using the force and it's believable.
0: On the flight deck, Leia hides in Kenobi's overcoat uh, and everything is so crowded that no one notices. Again, I would say when you look at the three of them from head on, it's not a very great disguise um, and there's no way around that, but the camera work with its angles and edits confirms that it is working. They show us one from the side where you go, I can't tell. Uh, we have a scene where Fifth Brother is fuming as he goes by And you're what happened to Obi-Wan? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? There he is in the distance. Like, again, there's a big story ask on our part that this is going to work, but the camera is showing us that it is working, even if it's not quite believable. Uh, But then across the flight deck, Riva calls out after a traitor.
1: Yes. uh, You had to not sell the disguise to have it be noticed here, and I'm glad that they go on that instead of, oh, here's the only bearded officer wearing an overcoat who also has uh, four legs. (laughs) Uh, So you can break the disguise here. Um, The the fifth brother had wanted the base shut down and told the fourth sister that it's Reva who's going to suffer, for this screw up here but Reva's on it she challenges Tala uh that she's betrayed everything she ever was but this was never what Tala was um and Reva counters that that she's going to die for nothing and just then Matt two T-47 airspeeders streak in firing and allowing Obi Wan and Tala to shoot their way further toward the edge of the hangar deck, Tala even shooting a mouse droid. Oh. That's TV code for you know your bad droids. Well, you know bad droids for life.
0: <laughs> even the even the little mouse droids that act as a as a as a little pup might. Uh, it, it, Pete, it's a tough world. Okay, the goodies and the baddies here. Um, our heroes run for uh, one of the T-47s, or perhaps they're running for Tala's ship. They're running to get away, Reva giving chase. One of those T-47s lands long enough for our heroes to get in, uh, a second providing cover. So again, kind of with the like, surely they'll get caught up in time, or surely there's going to be a force move out of Reva. That's when the second one comes in. Pete, it is Wade, who is providing cover to Sully. Um Sully uh, takes off. Let's go, let's go. Wade right behind her, ready to punch it. Uh, But it is here when Reva uh, force throws a bomb at him. Wade, RIP Wade, we barely knew you. I look forward to hearing about your extensive backstory one day in a 400-page novel (laughs) that I'm told will be the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, RIP Wade, who became one with the waves there. The fifth brother grunts in frustration, as Sully's speeder escapes on the horizon here. And immediately after, Vader, angry in the command center, force chokes Riva, uh, having warned her what failure would bring. There's a great shot of the fifth brother, you know, gleefully sneering at this. Uh, But Reva has the presence of mind to tell Vader that she let them go, but put a tracker on the ship. And soon the location of the network and Kenobi will be theirs. Vader says it seems he underestimated her, but the fifth brother reminds him the base was almost destroyed. Kenobi is all that matters, Reva reminds him and Vader tells her there can be no mistakes. She's certain the tracker is there. Yes, where it goes, uh, where he goes, it will follow.
0: Part of what I think is so amazing about this scene with Vader here is um, the camera work, the shaky camera work when he's first introduced, the angles in which he's presented. It even had me wondering, Pete, Look, Hayden Christensen apparently is six feet tall. Uh, however, David Prowse was six six. Hayden Christensen, a handsome uh, fellow of a, a, a of a you know handsome man weight. Uh, David Prowse, a former bodybuilder and weightlifter. And I think that what they do here, it, it had me wondering: is the costume slightly oversized here? Oversized for Hayden Christensen? Um, is it heck? Is the costume? even slightly bigger than what they had David Prowse in. Cause he just looks and, and obviously also too, the lower camera angle lower and behind the shoulder of uh, Mo Ingram. That's going to make Vader look even bigger, but he just looks so big. So menacing. I had wondered if there was you know, minor redesigns to the helmet, like just everything looks Pete to use a Disney term. Okay. Everything here with Vader's presentation looks plussed. Um, And it's just this this really terrifying presentation of the character who, you know, already has uh, enough terror to him. Terror cred, as maybe the kids say. I don't know.
1: There are apparently three Vaders that they used for this show. There's one for the stunts. There's one for sitting. And then there's one where uh, Hayden Christensen is in the suit. So shades of the Mandalorian. And if you're going to give any character, you know, that nuanced level of design and movement, iconic low, these 45 years, I I guess it could be Darth Vader, but Sully's speeder docks in Roken's ship kind of slides up a ramp there. And uh, as they board uh, despondent Roken asks where Wade is. Tallis says they're soldiers now and leaves the hallway they're in and then returns with what is clearly alcohol to comfort Sully as Leia takes Ben's hand and he
0: caresses it sweetly. Indeed, Pete, a really heartfelt moment here. Uh, At least Leia has Kenobi, at least Leia has Lola, who kind of moves out of the bag a little bit, whose eyes turn helpfully red, proving that that's how they are being tracked to break our hearts and to end the episode, or part, or whatever we're allowed to call it. time to comb the desert for some theories pete look this is part four of six i'm expecting part six to be climactic battle and maybe some space and maybe some light swords and all that uh next week do we get um a a, a reva entirely a reva flashback episode do we get reva flashback scenes as she fitfully dreams of her past it's got to be next week right
1: how about the, the heavily rumored Clone Wars flashbacks with your Hayden Christensen as Anakin? Um, it's It's got to be coming. I mean, the amount of relation by Riva to Leia's circumstance here all but confirms her as one of the the children who survived Order 66. it has been a lot of discussion. How did she know Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader? Uh, was she there when Anakin is in the Jedi Temple and referred to as Darth Vader, Lord Vader, and put two and two together? Maybe Matt now with this idea of a droid there's like a hollow tape to replay this flashback on or some kind of means of framing it um but it seems awfully certain they're headed in this direction
0: on the fan teeth gnashing topic of how does she know darth vader's anakin skywalker pete take me through the organization chart here There's the emperor at top. Who's the number two guy in the empire?
1: That's James Earl Jones's Darth
0: Vader. Right. And then I would, can can I assume that after that, at least when it comes to like, you know, the baddie terror squads, like it's the inquisitors of which there was a grand inquisitor. And then if we're doing the whole gendered number thing, we know they're all the way up to a fifth brother. Presumably there's a fifth sister. So here's my point, Pete. There's, thus far, we've seen 11 people in the Inquisitors by implication, right? And if so, if you're telling me that Riva is top 11 and knows some of the most secret things and she's top 11 for bad security forces in the entire Empire, yeah, I think it's okay if she just knows Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Like, that's not that big a deal for somebody that high up to have a secret like that.
1: I do think it tips towards an intertwined background and something she's kind of held to herself uh, that she's not shared with the others, the intrigue among the inquisitors. I mean, the thing that's always part and parcel of the Sith since we've seen more than one of them is that the one is constantly trying to overthrow the other Even though there can only be two, neither can be trusted. Um, You know, even uh, the Emperor wanted Luke to replace Darth Vader because why do you want your broken down old droid man when you can have his son who's only got a robotic hand? And, you know, you could spend the next however long wearing him down until you could replace him
0: with his sister. And I think that's part of what is so ingenious in universe about the creation, the use of the inquisitors. I would assume that if they ever came across an inquisitor candidate who had the same chlorian count uh, as Darth Vader, it'd be like, Nope, uh, throw him in the pit. Um, just the point being the inquisitors, not just kind of in organization, but the inquisitors also in terms of power I would assume are inferior to Darth Vader and Darth Vader is inferior to the emperor. So yes, there is that Sith tension, but they're not They're The inquisitors in my mind are not acting as Sith Lords. They're kind of upwardly mobile, but also ceiling. So they're not getting too troublesome.
1: It's not a new idea that there are other force sensitive, uh, candidates, if you will, beneath Darth Vader. You know, you go back to um the uh the Star Killer uh Galen Marek character uh back in the uh early part of this century, Matt with the Force Unleashed games. And again, what has Star Wars done? They've worked in this gray area. It it still works within the larger story that okay, Vader was training his own apprentice so that he could team up and take out the Emperor because this is what they do, man. This is what the bad guys do. They want to topple the other bad guy and be the big bad guy.
0: Returning to a topic that we've discussed in the past, each of the prior uh, Star Wars TV seasons, the two of Mandalorian and the one of Book of Boba Fett, uh, featured kind of the surprise introduction or the surprise appearance of of um characters who weren't weren't necessarily on our radar for being part of this story uh do you think in the next two episodes you know do we get dare say (laughs) i was gonna say a luke skywalker i mean of course a luke skywalker type do we get something like that the big wow moment do we get the young han solo do we get the you know Lando do we get anything like that or is it is it really gonna just focus on we'll get whatever backstory we get in a flashback episode or flashback scenes we're gonna wrap this up and at the end of it Obi-Wan goes back to his cave watching Luke there and waiting for the next 10 years to pass
1: ever since Rosario Dawson was cast as Ahsoka you know not spoiling Book of Boba Fett Low these many months later but that she's met luke skywalker at this point i mean you've gotta have an anakin ahsoka scene in live action right if you were to do a flashback would it be super distracting that uh obi-wan anakin and ahsoka you know doing their thing is there some way to potentially integrate that. We know that Ahsoka is elsewhere during order order 66, the clone wars seventh season has since established this. Is there a way maybe to give, and it's not confirmed that Reva is one of the children there, but awfully uh, close to being that maybe Ahsoka was trying to help her out and it didn't work out to have Reva learn these sad lessons at a young age. Uh, Maybe. I don't get the sense that Obi-Wan Kenobi is a show that has the flavor, to use a term you like, Matt, like Mandalorian, like Book of Boba Fett, to reach for that. I think with these two remaining episodes, there's enough characters and what they need to do that it would be too many cooks in the kitchen to reach for it. But if there's anybody I would trust to incorporate Ahsoka and to make that happen, it would be Deborah Chow and company.
0: Yeah. As, as we, and I think many people have discussed in the MCU space there becomes a certain point where trying to one up the post credit scene becomes an effort in futility when you know if 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 the best thing in the movie is the thing that's after all the very end that tells you about the next movie then what does that say about all that preceded it i think there's an argument to be made similarly in the star wars end of things that's not to say therefore i want to take away The Darksaber reveal from Mandalorian or Luke Skywalker or more Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka and all of that. I just think at a certain point you go, we need to stop chasing the high. And if the story gives it to us, great. As you say, Pete, could the story give us a Riva flashback with all sorts of characters returning and references and, oh, I never thought of it from that perspective. Sure. But does it need to? Is that, you know, early on did they say we're just going to remain focused on this one thing and not kind of constantly saying what's the thing that's going to get the most tweets
1: is the Reva stuff a misdirect. It's not my theory, Matt, but I've seen people say, well, what if she was Rokin's wife?
0: I, I think that's a little direct. I mean, could it be sure? Um, but what does that do then to the Rokin character? What he gets to go? Wait, I thought you were dead. Versus like, why do I fight? I fight because Obi Wan. It's not just you. Get out of your funk where you say I'm so sad. I'm so sad. We're all so sad. What if we all got together and did something about it? What if there? What if we couldn't turn back time, but we can honor those that we've lost to make a difference? I think that's a better. That's a better use of the Rokin character. And I would also say I'm sure that even chronologically for live action, I'm sure that elements of the rebellion have have pre-existed this episode. But kind of emotionally, I felt like as Sully returns and there's kind of this loss, it, it, again, emotionally, it kind of felt with me like this is the first death of the rebellion. Again, I, I'm sure in actuality that's not the case, but it just kind of felt like this is where it all this is where people go. It was just a guy try, flying to find a T-47. He got bombed out of the sky. And, and emotionally, I think that's better than Roken needs his own one or two or three episode arc to really hammer things home.
1: They were just hauling poop around, you know, in their speeders. And, and now as Tala says, they've become sewage soldiers. Um, Roken says that there are kids making rocks float um, I think both a, a winking and an effective reference here to, I mean, the the cliche about Jedi training, right? There's the time where you need to levitate things, um, as well as uh, to the sequels and raise, uh, you know, reluctance and really kind of over reliance on well, that's a Jedi power, right? The Force is a thing that uh, helps you swig a lightsaber and make things float.
0: Yeah, I think it also was a bit of a reminder too for for those of us who have experienced Star Wars in kind of chronological release order, where you go, oh, r- right, the original trilogy, it takes place in the time after the Republic and after the Jedi were a thing, and now it's like a myth, but they actually existed. Or Okay, great just point being from the mindset of like where do jedi come from i don't know in this movie i saw this kid has some powers and the guy teaches him more what did that used to be like i don't know then you reach a certain point where there's the jedi academy and these kids are being identified early on et cetera, et cetera. but this line is a reminder as well as pete i think of broom boy from the last jedi where these powers are always out there. This episode references it in the very line that you're saying. This is an ongoing thing that the Force is trying to uh, assert itself, ex- exert its natural existence by saying there's Force-sensitive people naturally out there, and you know this is not some sort of you know ah we got the last one now there will be no more. That's not the case with how the Force works.
1: Well, another Force, Matt, that might be at work little bit of love
0: uh, love betwixt two uh tala and obi-wan uh i would i would go for that 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 would be a, a handsome couple um if pete they have the time to relax i mean who knows what who knows what opportunities will be had although pete if you're asking me back in the kenobi writers room let's see action they meet in episode three Fight together in episode four. Sparks of love in episode five. Huh, no Tala in A New Hope. What if Pete's the tragic end in episode six? I'm going to get on board with that theory.
1: Uh, a water moon orbiting a lava world too much?
0: Um, I mean, look. Star Wars production design is always too much. Okay? The, the, you... You don't need to have the cockpit on the side of the Millennium Falcon other than they couldn't think of a really great design and one day some people were out to lunch and there was an olive next to a hamburger or a a pickle next to a hamburger, whatever the story is, and they were like, wait a minute. What if that was a ship? So everything in Star Wars is extra, okay? These ships don't need fins, the Imperial Shuttles and the quasi-Imperial Shuttle of Tala. They don't need fins to point down they just do it because they do it in universe because I guess it looks cool uh, and out of universe they do it to, to, to have bonkers production design because they can and because sometimes they turn into expensive toys uh, or expensive uh, merchandising whatever it might be so sure I'm I'm here for all of it I'm here for all of it
1: uh, Lola here glowing red at the end a tracker uh, placed presumably in her because red, bad. Uh, Matt, will my animatronic edition of Lola 59 do around the holidays have a secret mode that's going to glow red that
0: I should fear? I don't know how serious you are or not, but let me say this. If Star Wars is continuing to use trusted merchandising partners. And let me guess. Is this a um who who's the the producer of it?
1: That's Hasbro.
0: Hasbro, right? So I mean Hasbro, the OG marketing, uh not marketing, the OG uh, you know, partner of merchandise. Um You're I can only imagine. Well, I'm sorry, but now Hasbro Hasbro owns Kenner, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like the, the the lineage pure. I think the ability for some high level Lucasfilm person to have a meeting with a, a a Hasbro person, again, behind closed doors, phones are away, and to sit and go, give the thing a secret button that when you push it, the stuff turns red. Why? I'm not going to tell you, but don't make it like an obvious button. Make it like a thing that's over there, or it's part of, you know, obviously you can find it, but make it a thing, red, secret mode. Got it? Got it. Tell no one. Understood. I think there's a decent chance. There's part of the reason why they do this stuff out to Christmas and not you know not as with other properties oh man let's get this just as a tangent i think of all the black widow legos that were on shelves for a year and i was like looking at them i don't want to see about sky fight what is it i'm just gonna keep on walking you hold back for that merchandising that's the way to go watch out for red-eyed lola this christmas listening in to you Time to dig out our communicator. Here's what we've heard from others. Pete, we start with Ole Reliable. I'm talking about Twitter here, where the poll choices were. uh, How would you enter the Inquisitor Fortress? Uh, The bottom choice, hiding a coat and hat got 26.2%. Sewage Speeder got 14.3%. Fly Right In got 14.3%. And then Sneaky Scuba got uh, 45.2%. Some replies, first one, JT Adkins, JTA is me. Great episode. Little Leia continues to impress. I love Ben's progression. Uh, He's definitely got his force groove back, redirecting blaster bolts, etc. Now, if only Qui-Gon would show up. Pete, we have discussed that as a possibility. I have to admit, I completely forgot about that as a possibility. So, um, oh man, let's go back and revise our discussion before. Who do you think could show up from the larger Star Wars universe pete could it be qui-gon uh
1: i think he's in episode six
0: well okay uh next james is sagacious big killing on twitter some of the best force visuals and saber defense in live action the music gave the window scene unbelievable tension for an obvious outcome ben walking leia through the fortress halls was evocative of the temple massacre the old tracker trick hits us again uh noelle gardner at Noel camille little leia is strong with the force she resisted reva just like she'll do in the future obi seems to be getting his groove back the tomb of killed jedis was haunting why are they keeping them preserved perhaps for the emperor's cloning project oh no not lola compromised uh next andre Jaeger, uh dr polo 1983 little leia continues to kill it her bravery in front of Riva was awesome defiant to the end i love hallway fight scenes Obi-Wan seems to be getting used to utilizing his powers again. I still need to know the rest of Reva's backstory. Amber, Frozen Jedi. Oh, my. Pete, maybe one day the big Star Wars Jurassic Park crossover. Just want to (laughs) throw that out there. Uh, next, Darren Bell, Darth Rasslin, 79 on Twitter. My fave episode of the series so far. Young Leia is still kicking it out of the park. The way she handled Riva in the interrogation was so good. Obi-Wan starting to fully connect with the Force again is great to see. The security at the Inquisitor base is terrible, though. Uh, and he adds, Obi-Wan was the second Jedi that has managed to sneak into the base. Uh, and the last time resulted in major flood damage, too. So Pete echoes upon echoes, I think. Uh, Next, Jackie Wolf. That's at Jackie Wolf on Twitter. Uh, I tried hard not to make this comment during Boba Fett, uh, but since I saw it, again, I can't resist. How exactly does one not breathe in a lungful of back-to-tank liquid while unconscious? They do have masks on, don't they, Pete, or no?
1: They do, and I think that's kind of in the universe accounted for, like, hey, this healthy bacteria gets in there and makes you better except if you're darth vader it doesn't regrow limbs
0: well hey we all have limits we all have limits uh back to twitter here hearing from mike carrier that's mike in cleave 66 rogue one is probably my favorite star wars offering and this episode probably is now my second My only question is, after the events of this episode, how is it possible Princess Leia survives to ever become a senator? Wouldn't being saved by a renegade Jedi put you on a watch list? I'll say this, Pete. They're watching Alderaan. They're watching Alderaan. We know that. Uh, Next, Spider-Ham Lincoln Tess LC-139. To put it briefly, Obi-Wan Kenobi is a gift. Uh, a pure and beautiful gift to star wars fans this may not be the star wars story some expected but that's what we've been given and i'm enjoying every chapter of this significant sliver of a giant saga set in a galaxy far far away more please uh and then a reply to that strange new tweets kclyle1 says very true not what i was expecting but i'm really enjoying it i find myself looking forward uh to how it resolves and lamenting that there are so few episodes Next, Pete, we hear from Stingray, a.k.a. TrekGirl88 on Twitter. Uh, I picked Hyde in a coat and a hat because it made me laugh, but this was a damn good episode. Everything between Riva and Leia was great. Are there really only two more eps? This season, anyway. Hope uh, remains eternal here. David Siller, that's at Siller David Poet, says, this was probably the first episode of Star Wars content where I found myself shouting my expectations to the screen. Use the force to find Leia, fool. (laughs) <laughs> I was a bit frustrated, but I checked myself before I force-choked myself and let Obi-Wan Kenobi tell me the story. It did not disappoint. Loved the tracker in Lola and really was quite happy to see the whole Kenobi gets his groove back. Yes, I stole that from Ian. Young Leia continues to charm delight. Glad Tala is on our side. With only two episodes left, let's hope they have a bit longer runtime because we really do need... More of this glorious story about characters we love from a galaxy far, uh, far away. Uh, we're really living in an age as golden as a protocol droid. It's fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, I couldn't help writing Force without the PH. Sorry, I say no apology required there. Pete, now we hear from single since Obama, Kylie 328, uh, G328, Kylie G328 on Twitter. Uh, so my actual Obi Wan thought, uh, okay, episode, uh, she had accidentally posted some star trek stuff on here uh, okay episode ewan continues to destroy it but i feel like they are struggling to knit together the prequels with the canon i will gladly watch it all but i'm like meh now uh, we hear again from strange new tweets who says ah yes the famous story device check off's underwater windows who uh was just waiting for one of the, this uh who's just waiting for one of the, these windows to break obi-wan sure is progressing from barely saving leia to holding back an ocean good episode uh, overall just short um we hear from ann coltenham uh that's amc uh and ann says this episode of obi-wan reminded me of clone wars with obi-wan diving underwater to get to the facility uh to the rebel ships shooting their way out it was fun and engaging leia is already strong with the force looking forward to listening to the podcast Next from Ian Silverman, Sylvie underscore seven, six. If these episodes had actual titles, I think this one would be, ah, uh, this must be the aforementioned thing, Pete. How Kenobi got his groove back. <laughs> these corridor scenes were excellent and nice to see Obi-Wan trolling his lightsaber and using it to deflect blaster bolts, just like old times. Tala did great as Obi-Wan's guy in the chair and loves watching little Leia resist Reva. My one nitpick, when Obi-Wan says to Ice Cube Jr., you have no idea what the Empire is capable of, um, hasn't he, he been helping smuggle Jedi and Force-sensitive kids while Obi-Wan has been hiding on Tatooine for 10 years such that he didn't know about Darth Vader? Sorry, Ben, but I think Rokin knows what the Empire is capable of even better than you. All in all, great escape episode. Interesting twist with Reva planting the tracker. Uh, but why did it have to be Lola? And to this, uh, James' the sagacious replier, r- r- replies, Rokin gave him a quick education. Ben has some blind spots. Uh, And I would argue, I would echo that too, Pete, that Obi-Wan is very, and, you know, Yoda at the end of episode three, very like, oh, it's me, me, me. I'm so sad versus take your moment, get back in the fight, make things better tomorrow. I agree. Last tweet here, Pete, from Heather Bixler. That's at nerdy trivia girl. No one space Obi-Wan and Leia. I'll take one ticket to the getaway vehicle. Also, is Riva just bad at her job? Her job of capturing and killing four-sensitive children because there was one right there. I, I guess, Pete, lucky for us uh, that Riva... Well, lucky for us, Riva had a plan behind the plan and all of that. With that, Pete, take us to another inbox in a galaxy far, far away, that one on the Facebook.
1: To the fantastic Geek Facebook page where Steve Adams writes, Part 4 was incredible. This episode felt like it was only 20 minutes long because I was so drawn in. Leia was great, a perfect mix of scared and feisty. Kenobi seems to finally be getting his groove back. I think we've officially found the subtitle of this series, Matt. Obi-Wan Kenobi getting his groove back. I wasn't sure Tala would make it out alive, but thankfully she did. And Reva just makes you watch her every time she is on screen. I still think her ambitions go beyond being the Grand Inquisitor. She seems to have a very personal hatred of Kenobi, and I want to know why. I almost could see the rage of Vader through his mask. This whole episode is just brilliant. I am once again just blown away by the quality of the show. Well done. Until next time, stay fantastic. And, of course, he spells that with the P and the
0: H. Yeah, there is no distinction here in both what we see on screen and in the quality of the story. There's no distinction, in my mind, between it and movie-level stuff. I don't know that that's always the case with some of the Marvel stuff, so it's an even greater compliment here on the Star Wars end. So, Pete, with that, let's head to our Grand Inquisitor, Fred from the Netherlands.
2: Hello Matt and Pete and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1 Episode 4. I gave this episode again a 9 on IMDb. Although if you look at the average score for this episode it is a 6.4. Whereas the previous three has something like 7.5 around that. I really don't understand why this gets less. Although it's a little bit a classic Star Wars team, just with a very small Jedi crew in, in a stronghold of the enemy of the Empire and then still being able to get out. A lot of tension and action there, really good, but on the other hand, really classic Star Wars. And perhaps that's the reason it gets less on IMDb. On the other hand, IMDb scores are famous of being not very representative. The actress Vivian Lyra Blair, the 10-year-old actress that plays Princess Leia, does a magnificent job here. A big role in this episode, and I think she even tops uh, the previous performance in the previous episode. One small nitpick, when Obi-Wan keeps the water out before the glass breaks and then eventually it does break and he runs and Tala closes the doors to the other corridor. In that other corridor there is not a drop of water on the floor. I think that's quite unlikely. And the second thing uh, perhaps question is that if the tracker is in Laia's toy robot Riva says to Lord Vader it will follow him everywhere, while if Leia is dropped on Alderaan with her toy robot, it will not follow Obi-Wan. Okay, that will be all. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. I would agree with Fred that there's a
0: certain narrative convenience to this whole episode, concluding with, like, now there's a tracker and we're not going to account for the possibility of um the two being separated similarly i think in this episode and to be fair all throughout star wars all throughout the movies in particular you know like was this really reva's plan and are there a thousand different points where like if the t-47s didn't come how do they escape like it, it breaks down a little bit upon inspection and that's not a complaint as much as just acknowledging many a star wars plot depends on 18,000 things in a row going just right. And if any one of them didn't, you go, but but wait, then if they put a mesh over the exhaust port on the Death Star, you know, that sort of thing. So I think it's a fair, a fair criticism of Fred's.
1: I hear Fred's uh, criticism about the water in the one corridor, but I can similarly appreciate that the door is now sealing off that flooded out section and there's already water pressing through it um so it's not as if they ignored that environment
0: well pete let's foster an environment of continued conversation how can people be in touch with you to talk about uh future star wars merchandise and also the remaining (laughs) two episodes of kenobi
1: you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P I E T E R J K D L R, K E T E L A A R, 12,558 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter, is looking back lost. Do be in touch with the podcast, comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Instagram, Gmail, and Twitter, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash FantasticGeek
1: with the PH, all one word, like it today
0: if you're here just for star wars we're back next star wars saturday however the adventure continuing on the pop culture podcast feed where tomorrow we talk star trek and the following friday marvel fridays as we talk ms marvel episode two pete that's the episode that star iman valani said was her favorite of all six for now though pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word
1: is this a staring contest